Issue two of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. I'm Charlie, and over here next to me uh, is the other dad climbing the ladder of life, Mark. Welcome back to our <laughs> listeners, and welcome to all the newest members of the DGI podcast, Universe Multiverse. Sorry, that's the universe. Uh, multiverse. Um, what we're gonna? What are we gonna cover during this spotlight issue, Charlie? So we're gonna talk about SummerSlam because it's it's right around the corner. Um, it's the bi- you know it's the biggest uh, biggest party of the summer, so we're told. Yeah, every year we're told that. Uh, I've actually been to SummerSlam one time up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, the year that Amel wrestled Cody in the match, it was pretty. It was a good card. That was uh, when uh, Rollins was a double champ. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart cost Cena the U.S. Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Um, yeah, so like I said, uh, Summer, like Charlie said, SummerSlam is right around the corner, August 23rd. Uh, actually, this, it'll be this Sunday, NXT 30s, Saturday night. Uh, a lot of a lot of buzz around like whether it's going to be at the Performance Center. Somebody said it may potentially be live in New Jersey, in Atlantic City somewhere, hmm. with fans in attendance. Apparently, that, that was a massive rumor. Obviously, very high unlikelihood, especially with New Jersey and everything being the way it is. However... How much is that ticket going to be? Because I'd like to be there. I haven't. <laughs> right. I, think I, I didn't get to go to Mania, so yeah. I'll figure out you know, you know, the yeah. price of that. And then some, you know, buddy, you know, my brother-in-law goes to Mania with me every year. He was interested too, and he was like, "Well, find out if they're going to do it in Jersey. We need to get the tickets to that if they're going to do some some live shit." I was like, "Shit, I'll get I'll get Corona tested. I'll get AIDS tested. Give, give me something. I'll 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 be there." Plus, you know, you got to wear like a bubble suit or something. Shit, I don't give. I'll wear a fucking. <laughs> I'll wear an N95 the entire time. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Charlie's going to give you a rundown of the history of the show a little bit. And well, I mean, uh, SummerSlam is, is huge, right? Like, I, and I always like to mention the big four because uh, as, as traditional wrestling fans, we know what the big four are, right? We got WrestleMania, we got Royal Rumble, we got SummerSlam, and we got Survivor Series. Now, Survivor Series has, has really tailed off. Yes. As far as being a, a, a must-watch pay-per-view, but SummerSlam, SummerSlam usually delivers, right? Yes. Uh, and I'd, I'd say your your big fours really turn into a big three, because Survivor Series has gotten kind of lackadaisical, you know. Well, and, the, when they change the format, and, yeah. and I think maybe that's something when we get closer to Survivor Series, maybe we talk about that then. But yeah, um, let's go ahead and focus on SummerSlam. So uh, first, SummerSlam started uh, back in 1988. So uh, I was three. I wasn't born. <laughs> and uh, it was at Madison Square Garden because, of course, you know. That's, that's where they did everything. That's where everything happened. Uh, but that one saw uh, the Mega Powers take on the Mega Bucks, which yeah. was Andre the Giant and Teddy Biasi. And you had Miss Elizabeth, you know, d- dancing around on the outside of the ring and trying yeah. to distract. And um, But, you know, this is, this is the Mega Powers probably at – I don't want to say their peak, but they're. they're is this bef- This is obviously before the, the the turn between the two of them, right? Right. So I mean, obviously, you know, they built up the Mega Powers tag team just to have them both turn on, or you know turn against each other to start that route, which makes sense. I mean, it it it, it, it make. I mean, obviously, it it needed to come to an end at some point. You weren't going to keep Hogan and Macho Man in a tag team very long. Right. I mean, they're, they're too huge of. Uh as, as singles competitors to, to keep them in a tag team. Like, there are certain guys where, yeah, they're tag team guys for pretty much their entire career. Uh, 
and they don't shine as well as singles, but um, you didn't have that with Hogan and, and Macho. Yeah, and, I, and I'm just looking at the card from that day. I mean, nothing really of super noteworthy. I don't know how long Honky Tonk's current run as the IC title, as the IC champ at that point was. I don't know if that was part of his, like, historic reign. That he fucking signed gigantically on my goddamn IC title belt when he when he <laughs> signed it, um, but Ultimate Warrior defeats him for the IC belt. Right day. in like thirty seconds. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's, it's thirty-one seconds is how long yeah, the match yeah. is. Real, real fucking clinic he put on that day. Um, <laughs> hey, he got paid. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, doesn't matter. Right, pin me, pay me. That's the Job Squad motto. <laughs> um, all right, and then uh, then a couple years. So we're like. I'm not going to hit on every – I don't think we need to hit on every SummerSlam. I think what we need to do is just hit on the SummerSlams that have some significance, right? Um, SummerSlam 92 is definitely one of the most significant SummerSlams or pay-per-views in general when it comes to professional wrestling, right? Because this was uh, the first time where uh, it was taken outside of the United States and broadcast. Yes. Uh, so you have uh, – um, it's at Wembley Stadium, uh, Summer 92 – uh, and the big main event is not for the WWF championship. The main event for that pay-per-view is for the Intercontinental Championship featuring Brett versus... Uh, Davey Boy Smith. Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. Now, keep in mind, Brett won his... That, so the Intercontinental Championship, that was Brett's first singles title that he actually won at SummerSlam. Was it 91? I think it was 91. I think he won it the year before. When did he beat Perfect? I want to say it was 91. Um, Sounds right. And but yeah, so then he goes and he faces uh, Davy Boy at, at SummerSlam '92 at Wembley, home crowded you with know. with his sister in Davy Boy's corner because obviously she's married to to Davy Boy Smith. Right, and the whole storyline in that is you know like this this is tearing apart the family and everything, and they tear down the house. Yeah, great match. It was a great match. The pop from that crowd is is one of the mo loudest pops in all of wrestling history. Um, but it, it also, you know, helped solidify the Bulldog as a singles competitor, as a singles champion. And, like, if you're going to have to fight somebody... It was it, 90. It's funny you, you asked. It was Brett, Brett versus Mr. Perfect. It was 91 right. SummerSlam. There we go. So Brett had held the belt for almost over a year, it looks like. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, and then Bulldog beats him. Yeah. Uh, Which is kind of anticlimactic for for Bulldogs. Could you imagine if that was for the world title instead of the IC title? Yeah, but uh, but that's I, one of those matches that builds that belt, though. Well, and that, and then unfortunately, like, hey, look, AJ Styles is a great Intercontinental Champion. Uh, you know, in the fact that I respect AJ Styles' body of work. Yeah. But that championship and its worth today does not have the same value that it does no. in 1992 when the Bulldog beats Bret Hart for the championship. Because back to my point of if you're going to have to fight anybody in a main event during this era of professional wrestling, you want it to be Bret Hart. Yes. And if you win, you're over. You're yeah. huge. It's, it's similar. Like Dark Side of the Ring highlighted um, uh, highlighted the Road Warriors this past season, and they talked about – I want to say it was it was either WrestleMania or um, it might have been at Wembley for SummerSlam that the, the Road Warriors were supposed to go over the Hart Foundation for the tag titles. And 
which one's dead? Hawk. Yeah. Hawk came all fucking doped out, like and un- super unready to wrestle, and they took they were supposed to have like a fifteen minute clinic that turned into like a three minute squash match by the Hart Foundation instead of the Warriors going over. Um, but um. Yeah, I but hey, you know, Bulldog wins, gets his IC title reign, uh, and uh, it was. To me, ninety-two. If you're if you're going if you're looking for a SummerSlam to watch, ninety-two is is one that you. Well, it, it, you 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 had so much. You had Macho Man versus um, Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Championship, which allowed Brett in in Bulldog to essentially seal the deal and steal the show. Because no offense, didn't Macho or or Ultimate Warrior, you know, God rest their souls, neither of them were going to put on a clinic with one another. No. Um, uh, no, you know what? It was it was a SummerSlam because it was they were going over Money Incorporated. They oh, were supposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. go over because that was a summer that was a SummerSlam that the Road Warriors w- rode the motorcycles in on. Right. And like I said, he was uh, he was apparently so doped out that they changed the finish that day. Right. Um, you got Takeover, uh, um, Kamala, right? Yep. Um, so like I said, I mean, you get a. You, you, is it a crazy match? No. But I mean, it, it card Rick Martel versus Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah, and the the stipulation where you can't strike each other in the face, and then uh, they start slapping each other, and Sherry faints, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like it, was, I said, it was a it was a simpler time back yeah. then. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, so you know we get done ninety two. Yeah, and then uh, we'll we'll jump ahead a little bit. So SummerSlam ninety four, you get Undertaker versus Undertaker. Um, you know, Paul Bear's Undertaker taking on Ted DiBiase's Undertaker or Purple Gloves versus Grey Gloves. Uh, but, you know, DiBiase saying, you know, he has the real Undertaker, Paul Bear, and obviously the real Undertaker yeah. um, uh, going out there. And um, not a great match, but one of those matches that adds to the lore of the Undertaker and, and, yeah. his, and his career. Um but the match of the night is is Brett versus Owen. Oh in the yeah, cage match. the the cage match is so uh, this is part of like because they had like a year long feud, right? You had yeah. you had WrestleMania ten, um, and and everything uh, going on with those two. But um, this cage match is and it, it and it escalated more past that because you know Jim Neidhart and Owen attack Brett after the match. Right. Well, and uh, yeah, and, and it it's continuing to build this whole heart family rivalry, which eventually, you know, they, they move past and establish the new heart foundation yeah. uh, a little while later. Excuse me. But, um, that cage match is, there's so many elements to that cage match that, you know, you're watching it because you're like, Oh, you know, are, is he going to get out? Is he, is he not? Yeah. You know, and, and, Owen could win it, and and I think that was the best part of this whole rivalry is like, there was never a moment there where you're like, well, this is a lock for Bret Hart. You yeah. Know, like, even though he's I still I you know I'm not a huge Bret Hart guy, but obviously his name's getting brought up a lot on yeah. on today's episode. But I don't discredit what the guy did for the business. It's like I said, I think I've said in previous. He's like Peyton Manning to me. Like, I never really liked Peyton Manning, but I respect the hell out of his game. I personally think if Owen lives 
past his accident or doesn't get in his accident, Owen's probably the more decorated wrestler, especially if Brett's injury occurs. Because Owen would still be wrestling to this day. He was one of the most, I mean, minus him dropping Steve on his neck, he was one of the safest wrestlers to work with in the ring. Right. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, so that happens two years after, uh, or I'm sorry, three years after 94, the Austin and Owen thing. But uh, 95, we have ladder match number two. Or Well, yes. I mean, it's not the second ladder match ever, but, uh, but when, it's the, when we talk about WWE history, right, and you're looking at ladder matches, the first one is WrestleMania 10. Yes. Uh, between Sean and Razor. Well, then in 97, uh, 95, we have their... their I guess you could call it a rematch. It's not really a rematch, uh, but uh, it's for the Intercontinental Championship all over again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in this one, Sean, you know, ups ups his game. Uh, they're both faces uh, yes. during this match, uh, so a little different dynamic than the first. Well, one. Uh, I wouldn't say faces, but probably like anti-tweeners kind of thing. Sure. You know, people didn't like Sean. People didn't like Razor. Like, but they were they were over. They right. were both over. Right. Uh, also, sees uh, Shawn Michaels pull off a moonsault off a ladder before yeah. you know pulling moonsaults off ladders was worth was a thing. Was. And you also get Undertaker versus Kamal in a casket match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I said, I mean, you got you got a, a bunch of different you know different little things here and there scattered in there, but obviously. The, the match of highlights, the ladder match. Anytime, anytime Scott Hall and Shawn Michaels got into a ladder match together, and it was it was a it was going to be instant class. And you needed this match during that that card because the, the main event was Diesel versus Mabel. Yeah, um, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll go ahead and SummerSlam '97. Yeah, uh, fast forward two years. Yep, you got Austin versus Owen for the IC title. Uh, and during the match, uh, Owen breaks Austin's neck by hitting a pile driver, which leads to eventually Vince going, yeah, no more pile driver. Yes. Get down the road. Uh, but um, Owen being the, the consummate professional, uh, still able to sell and uh, you know play the distracted guy, knows that he has to take the loss, realizes that something's wrong, so does his best, and then Austin gets the roll up somehow, with, yeah. you know, because he, he's not paralyzed for some ungodly reason. Uh, I think he's just working off of rage and testosterone at that point. Well, he, he does a he does a very weak uh, cradle roll up for the yeah. win, right? Um, and you could tell he was not he was not there, yeah, at all. Um, we kind of we kind of went over it. I mean, we we went past it, but. In 96, you had the Boiler Room Brawl match between Undertaker and Mankind, which was almost a 30-minute match. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't like to overlook anything or say that that's a classic or whatever, but you also got Shawn Michaels and Vader in an almost 30-minute match. Yeah. I, like, so you went, you, you know, you went from Mabel, Mabel Diesel and what absolute shit show in 95 so you had a big guy in the main event with with Vader, and he just he went full tilt. Right. Well, but you know he's in the ring against somebody like they can they can handle it. Right. But it, but see, at no time did I think that Sean was losing that match. Yeah, and then you and then obviously in '97 you also got Undertaker versus Bret Hart for the title, right? Which saw uh, Shawn Michaels. Does Shawn Michaels hit Undertaker with a chair? 
or he hits him with a sweet chin music sweet or something chin music, inadvertently yeah. and Brett gets the pin or gets the win that way. It's a 30 almost a 30 minute match. Because that leads to the Shawn Michaels Undertaker, Undertaker feud that eventually leads to Hell in a Cell. Yes, which eventually leads to Kane. Kane, right. Yeah. Um everything's tied together. Yeah, so this is when WWE actually knew how to put a story together. <laughs> right. Um somewhere along the line and we got lost. Uh 98 yeah. we have Mid Carter Triple H versus Mid Carter The Rock. The Rock. Um, both of them, you know, established leaders of their factions. Um, you know, Triple H with Degeneration X and, and Rock yeah. with the Nation. Uh, but this match stole the show, um, and it wasn't so much a ladder match as much as it was a I would call it a hardcore match. It was like tables, ladders, and chairs before tables, ladders, yeah, and they, chairs I mean, was a thing. You know, pinning ladders and smashing them with a the chair and doing all the other crazy shit, you know. Um, like I said, there was a lot There was a lot of good, a lot of bad. Um, I mean, but I, it's, a, it's a match, I think, that elevated the title. It put two main event, eventual main event. Well, it elevated them for sure yes. because I think it was later that year or maybe it was next year. How did you, how did you not put this match into your notes? Ken Shamrock defeats Owen Hart in a Lions Den match. Uh, I don't like to. I don't like to bring up uh, wrestlers losing. To, I mean, I know that Shamrock did eventually become a professional wrestler. I don't know if I'd put him up there. As, but the line, but like the Lions yeah, Den matches, the the heart, uh, the the heart family dungeon dungeon matches. matches. They're just they're great gimmick matches from. Uh, a, which essentially is a forgotten time. Yeah. Um, I, you I also, that, I you also that, had the New Age Outlaws versus Mankind. Who was Mankind tag champs with at that time? Uh, but in 98? Because he, they beat him by himself to win the titles. It pro- I, would have, I, would, I would have assumed it would have been Gold Dust, right? I don't know. But it just says on the results that he he lost it by himself because those two were a pairing for a little while. But you also get you also get another classic Stone Cold versus Undertaker yeah. in, in the main event, and th- and this goes to show like when you go to look at the results, you know these guys had time. D'Lo Brown versus Val Venus got fifteen and a half minutes. Um, you know they gave X Pac versus Jeff Jarrett in a hair versus hair match eleven minutes, yeah. and then the main events you know obviously not co-main events but you know main events of. You get the ladder match between Triple H and The Rock. They get 26 minutes, and then you get 20 minutes for Stone Cold and Undertaker, 21 minutes. Right. So, I mean, like I said, I think in all reality, I, maybe that's what the, the, the WWE is missing. Give these guys their time. Yeah, um, well, but you also have to have people invested in the stories, too. Like, it seems like back then, like, yeah, you, you, you did go from paper because this was kind of that era of, like, where – people started playing hot potato with championships. I feel like, uh, you know, you have to build yeah. on all and these things. And obviously, you know, in our notes, we don't have 99, but you get the second lines then match. But this time it's Shamrock versus Blackman, which I don't, you might not have liked Shamrock, but you can appreciate the rivalry he had with Blackman. Yeah, I, look, I don't dislike Ken Shamrock. I just, I, when I think of professional wrestling, Ken Shamrock is one of the furthest names that that come up in my in my brain. Um, and this was the night that Mankind beat Stone Cold in Triple H for the WWE title. Oh, and uh, 
Oh. Jesse Ventura was a special guest referee. Right, which you know he did uh, at the at the first one, so that and, they had to bring him back. And Shane and Shane wrestled Test in a on, in a oh, because street of the, fight. The uh, relation him dating uh, Stephanie. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, um, let's see. So, oh, SummerSlam 2000. Yes. All right. So uh, big first. big year. A lot changed in in WWE over that the course of that year. Um, Shane McMahon versus so so obviously we're kind of going year to year at this point, but like we're going to make a significant jump at some point because there there's really a gap in SummerSlam marquee matches. But like for me, like now that like I'm looking at the cards, the matches I remember the most, Steve Blackman versus Shane McMahon well, yeah. when he fucking hits him with the kendo stick and he falls from the, the top. Well, it's not so much the match; it's, it's about just the, the moment. moment. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a SummerSlam moment that yeah. you, you don't forget. Eddie Guerrero in China, I mean, we've had a discussion. He's not a big Eddie Guerrero guy. I, I love Eddie's run in WWE. His time with China when they were, like, love interest was just hysterical. And it kept China relevant. Yeah. Because post-Eddie was when China got let go from the company. Right. And, like, her run with, with Eddie where, like, she was helping him maintain his title status and so on and so forth. And they were doing a lot of the intergender matches was great for China. Right. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Chris Benoit uh, defeats... Uh, him and Jericho get a two out of three falls match, which they had three falls in 13 minutes. But that's a clinic match that you you look back on. You're like, man, I wish they would have gave those guys more time. Um, but you also get what else at, at, at the what, what, what do well, we so have in for, our for SummerSlam 2000? Yeah, the first TLC match. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's. I mean the rest of the card is stacked. If you're looking at this card, you're like, holy shit! You got Kane versus Undertaker, and in a no disqualification match, you had like I said, Eddie and China versus Trish Stratus and Val Venus. And she won the title. China won the Intercontinental title that night. Yeah. By pinning Trish. And then, you know, you get uh, Steve Blackman versus Shane McMahon for the, with that awesome fucking moment. You get a two out of three falls match between Benoit and Jericho clinic. And then at the end of the day, you get The Rock defeating Kurt Angle and Triple H to win the title. Yeah. And then of all that, the most memorable match is a triple threat TLC match yeah, between the Dudleys. ENC and uh, the Hardys. And, yeah. I mean, like when you think TLC, those are the three. Those are that's what pops up first. Yes, that's there's no other TLC. Right. I don't think of TLC and think of any. I don't even think of the fucking pay per views they've put out. Right. Because the match is what the match is. Uh, and like I said, I, I, that might be the SummerSlam card. Like if you're gonna go start to finish the best card that they've put together, that might be up there. It's it's definitely it's got to be in conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the following year, um, things have changed, right? Yes. Because uh, the next big things on the scene. Well, no, that's actually oh, that's actually no. two years. Two thousand one, yeah. we have the invasion angle. Yes. So WCW is no more. Um, Kurt Angle's wrestling Stone Cold, who's now heel with the Alliance, right? For the WWF Championship, and The Rock is wrestling Booker T for the WCW Championship. Um, and obviously, you know, The Rock wins. Kurt Angle wins. So now the well, no, no. Well, so Angle wins, but Angle does not win the championship because because of disqualification. Austin loses. Austin loses it and starts, you know, tearing up the the referees and everything. And yeah. so the, but for the twenty minutes that they got uh, for that match, it was great. It yeah. was just the finish. Uh, the finish. Well, you also you also get the highlight of. The well, Brothers yeah. of Destruction winning the tag titles. Right. And unif you know, unifying the tag titles in a steel cage match. You also get Jeff Hardy 
versus Rob Van Dam in a yes. ladder match. So, I mean, you're, when you look at these things, you know, you, like it was, it was very heavy invasion. So Alliance versus WWE, right. like, so you were getting a lot of like cross show matches and like, you know, you got Chris Jericho defeating Rhino and just a simple, so, you know, just a simple singles match, but like, it's Jericho, so it's 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 one of his his better matches. But like they gave a lot of time to some of these matches. You know, uh, Edge defeats Lance Storm for the IC title. Right, and I mean, think about all these these names that you're throwing around. And if you if you switched out the title of this pay per view, yeah, with WrestleMania, it would work. It, it would work, right? Yeah, it just so happened the invasion angle fell after Mania. Yeah, um, and you move on to 2002. With the event, and now are we are are we, are we there? Are we there? Yeah, yet? we're there. All right, all right, we're there. there. We're there. <laughs> all right. So the next big thing's on the scene, and yes. he's absolutely run roughshod through WWE. If you haven't watched the Ruthless Aggression documentary on the network, go and watch it. The Lesnar episode, it, it it's insane how fast he rose to prominence. But you get Lesnar taking the title, the undisputed title, the Rock fought tooth and nail to get from Jericho, Stone Cold, Triple H over the, that calendar year. He he gets the undisputed title from the Rock clean in a 15-minute match. Yeah, and it was a good match. And this is Rock at the height of his, like, Scorpion King and popularity and all the other stuff. So it made Brock Lesnar a mainstay. But here's the thing. With that crowd, if you remember correctly, people were so stoked to have Lesnar beat The Rock. Yeah, they were. They were They were super over it. Um, it's funny, though, because when you look at the card, comparative to years past, not super stacked, but they gave a lot of time to certain matches. Rob Van Dam versus Chris Benoit gets Rob Van Dam a title win over Benoit, who was the champion. It's 16 and a half minutes. That's a long match for the IC title. Yeah. But then you also get Shawn Michaels versus Triple H in Shawn Michaels' return match. Yeah. In an unsanctioned street fight where Shawn Michaels comes out in his wife beater and jeans, <laughs> yeah. and they get thirty, they get twenty eight minutes basically. I, I would say that, I mean, they call it an unsanctioned street fight, but you know, it's it's just like anything else in wrestling. If you were, it's like it's a no holds barred or it's yeah. a it's a no DQ. Or well, this was like back. This was like right. This was the rivalry where like Triple H gave him the the sledgehammer shot to the spine, and yeah. he was confined to a wheelchair, yeah. and he was doing the the promo from the WWE restaurant in New York. Like, these are all classic childhood memories for me right. from from yeah. WrestleMania because, like I said, at that point I was only I was eleven, so like I'm in the heart of the ruthless aggression. Like growing up with like marquee wrestling matches and like that was a big rivalry well like like the start of all this though it was like uh you know you we thought we were going to get dx back together right because it had been it had been teased before and yes. then uh you know like I, re I remember the raw before all of this before uh you know everything went down and it was you know like oh are you serious are we really going to do this and then that are you ready Hits, yeah. and you're like oh yes and dx comes out and you're so stoked and only for like triple h. h to turn and pedigree sean and it, yep. it was just it and was like, a great it was a great rivalry i mean those i mean the two best friends obviously but they put on yeah. great matches and, and within the next year you have the brand split which yep. sees you know kurt angle taking on lesnar the following year and beating lesnar for the the wwe championship and then you get triple h uh defeating Goldberg, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, 
and Kevin Nash in the first ever Elimination Chamber match. Was that the first one? Uh, I'm, I, I thought I, that that happened. Summers. So according to this SummerSlam feature, blah 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 blah. I can't. Remember. In the first main event of SummerSlam, wrestlers from Raw brand competed in an Elimination Chamber match. I thought that there was an. I thought it was early. You might be right. So, but yeah, I mean, it's regardless. It was introduced in two thousand and two. No, because because Sean won the first elimination chamber match, right? Yeah, because he that was like the brown trunks. That was his last world title run. Uh, now on, I'll tell you. Now I got to figure out when this first elimination. In two thousand and two, it was. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't say. Hmm. To exploit additional on-screen talent in March of 2001, the following year began a brand extension, blah, 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 blah. By the way, we're, we are straight reading off of Wikipedia. Um, Survivor rough. Series 2002. Okay. So, hmm. it, it, it was instead, it was, it was in December to December once they added ECW to the... Beginning in 2008, it became a pay-per-view. A pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, exclusive. But regardless, Triple H wins. Yep. Uh, wins the match, gets the title, um, starts his run. I'm assuming, is that is that Evolution? Uh, yeah, Evolution is, is becoming a thing at, uh, at this point, uh, 2003. Uh, into 2004, because when you get to 2004 is when Randy, still part of Evolution. <laughs> the build for that match started on the 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you know, well, no, hold on. Well, in the got, first main event of SummerSlam, wrestlers from Royal Brand competed in the Elimination Chamber match. The match was contested for the World Heavyweight title in which Triple H defended against blah, 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 blah. The build up to the match began on July 22nd when the SummerSlam press conference announced it would defend the championship against Goldberg in a singles match. On the August 4th episode, he changed it to a no disqualification. Later during the episode, Steve Austin announced that it would now be an Elimination Chamber match. Okay. Um, so then it couldn't have been the first one because the Elimination Chamber was Eric Bischoff's idea, if you remember the billing of that correctly. Yeah, so it, it came... Okay, but it was it one was, of the first. It was like the second one, right. if, if anything. And he said the second main event was Kurt Angle versus Lesnar, and yeah. obviously Angle, Angle walks away with the title. Right. Um, so then, yeah, so then a year later you get Orton versus Benoit. Uh, Orton's still part of Evolution. Um, I don't know why, but I significantly remember Orton wearing orange trunks, and I, it's one of those things. Like, I know that it's not a huge deal, but... Was that uh, a thing? Uh, he did wear orange trunks. Uh, during during that match, and that's his first win, right? His, his first, first title win, and it win. technically makes him the youngest champion in company history, right? right? Because Brock, two, what was it, two years before, or yeah, well, uh, be, was the youngest. Brock leaves, yeah, and Orton now, comes up, and now yeah. Orton comes up, and Orton becomes the youngest WWE champion, well, World Heavyweight Champion, uh, in history. You're not going to talk about the Death Duels part match. King so then, in, Matt Hardy. <laughs> so then, in two thousand five, uh, I mean, we can if you want. Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, cool. I mean, uh, it does that. That rivalry does eventually turn into the Matt versus Edge rivalry, which sparks Edge's single run as a as a heel and 
pushes and propels him forward. But Edge also defeats Batista and Chris Jericho at this SummerSlam for the IC title, which also continuously helps elevate Edge into a main, main event status. Yeah. John Cena defeats Booker T for the U.S. title. But the, the marquee matchup is – oh, no, sorry. So Randy Orton defeats Chris Benoit for the World Heavyweight yeah, yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I was thinking for some reason he was the IC champ. Um, but he obviously previously this – is, this is the height of the, 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 well, the thumbs down from Triple H the next night on Raw. Yeah, this is, this is the dissolution of evolution, yes. right? It, it starts the next night. And Kurt Angle wrestling Eddie Guerrero in a singles match Which, is – uh, look, like it's a yeah, clinic match. Yeah, it's, it's a great match. Like, yeah, uh, I I wish that I had the same respect for wrestling then that I do now, <laughs> and maybe I'd be more of an Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero guy. But you know, every time I think about Eddie Guerrero, I just like, eh, like I don't dislike him. He's just not a favorite. So we get, you know, we move on. We get the next. No, yeah, next year. We get the next year, which gives us. Well, speaking of Eddie. <laughs> yeah, it gives you, gives you Eddie versus Ray in a ladder match for, for custody of the now Dominic Mysterio, which is funny if you think about it because this took place in, what, 2005. Mm-hmm. So 15 years later, Eddie's going to – or uh, Ray – or Dominic's going to wrestle Seth at SummerSlam, which is pretty cool, kind of like a full, full circle situation there. Um, Edge, like I said – the Death Through Us part match leads to the Edge Matt rivalry, singles rivalry, which Edge is with now with Lita, defeats Matt Hardy by knockout. Um, obviously, the Eddie Ray Mysterio ladder match gets 20, 20, 20, 21 minutes. But a lot of people gave that rivalry a lot, or that story a lot of shit because of how like just fucking ridiculous it was. But the match that it, it, it ended up giving us was a, was, was a good match. It was, it was an absolute classic it was also one of the first times that i think we saw vicky guerrero on tv yes it was this yeah yeah she didn't didn't necessarily like catapult her career at that point vicky became more prominent after eddie's death right but um yeah she was she was on tv obviously dominic got a lot of screen time right um obviously uh randy orton defeats um undertaker in a a 17 minute match. anytime undertaker's putting a younger guy over it's for good reason right um, Cena wins the title um, from Jericho, and then uh, Batista wins his first world title versus John Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah. Shawn Michaels carries Hulk Hogan to a 22-minute match. Yeah. Where he purposefully <laughs> over-exaggerates the bumps. Yes. Just because he did not want to put Hogan over. No. And, he, and, he, and he, you know, it's funny because – when they tag and he hits Hogan with a sweet chin music and the heel turn, you're like, oh, he fucked up. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, it ends up being a 22-minute match at SummerSlam. And I don't think anybody would say that it's a classic, but yeah. as a headliner, like Michaels versus Hogan, I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's as big as but, it. Well, all the build-up to it, too, was, was pretty great. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely... Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan is part of a lot of historical matches... Hulk Hogan is a historical figure in wrestling. Hulk Hogan does not have a lot of great matches. Yeah. Um, and, and then we time jump. 
You see, he told you we're not going to go through everyone. While Charlie's going to talk about the next match, I am going to go through every Mania up to this match and figure out if we missed anything. You mean SummerSlam? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Manias we know are good. Yeah. Uh, SummerSlam's uh, spotty. Yeah, there's some Manias. Yeah, that's that good. true. Uh, but, yeah, we time jumped to 2013. Um, which uh, you just Randy, hit. Randy, we missed Randy Orton Cena in yeah. 07. Hey, I respect the hell out of the Orton Cena rivalry. Yeah, it's just it was it took over so much airtime that like just thinking about it just like it was also a very it. a very lulled uh, portion of WWE. A lot of people sleep on that time period because it was falling into that PG era and yeah. lost a lot of interest. Uh, but, yeah, we get into 2013. We have Daniel Bryan versus John Cena. Um, and Bryan wins clean. You also missed CM Punk's first world title win in 2008. Oh, was that that was against Jeff? Jo John Bradshaw Layfield. Singles match for World Heavyweight Championship. CM Punk defeated JBL. Yeah, see, as, as much as Punk was popular... He wasn't. It, it wasn't until... He beats Cena Undertake, at Money in the Bank. Undertaker, Edge, same pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell. I mean, I, yeah, I remember Undertaker choke slamming Edge through the through the mat and the fire, and that's what I thought was like campy, campy. about it. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, we get to, to, to Brian beating Cena clean in 2013 for the championship, for Randy Orton to cash in his Money in the Bank afterwards, yes. and, and establish the authority. And, and everything about that. Uh, but what this does is, one, it solidifies Brian as a, a main event star yeah. that we, the fans, recognize. Yes. Whether WWE did or not is completely irrelevant because we saw it and we're like, this guy can go. Thank God that he, he finally became the champ, only for it to be taken away. And it was essentially taking it away from all of us fans, yeah. which then prompted the Yes Movement. Yeah, which obviously ultimately, led but it also to established the authority, right? Too, in, in the same in the same context. So in two thousand and nine, so obviously jumping back in time, two thousand and nine, we missed D Degeneration X versus Legacy. So was that what they came <clears> out on the tank? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, um, twenty minute match. Then you also got twenty minute matches from Randy Orton and John Cena. And then CM Punk beats Jeff Hardy in a tables, ladders, and chairs match for the World Heavyweight title. I remember watching that. And, uh, and that was the main event. It's hysterical to think that during the summer of Punk, or the, the reign of Punk, he had one main event match. I just read back-to-back. -back, well, he wasn't the main event the year prior, but the, the next year, him versus Jeff Hardy, he main events, he main events the big, one of the biggest shows in the, in, in the, in the company. But during his entire his, his history running reign as champion, after his, his pipe bomb promo, he only main evented a pay-per-view one time as the champion. It's crazy to think that he main evented more pay-per-views as a non-champion than he did as a champion. Yeah, and, and I mean, that kind of <clears throat> led to the frustration, right, of him wanting to, to walk away. Yeah. Um, I mean, so fast forward, 2016... Uh, well, 2015, we get Brock versus Undertaker at SummerSlam. Uh, I was at that one. And that's the one where is that the one where Undertaker sits up and is like laughing, and Brock is laughing. No, that that was at that was done at Mania. Okay, um, so we get that. Oh no, wait, that was uh that was like shorter hair Taker, right? So 2013 was Lesnar versus um, I want to see was Lesnar versus. 
Triple H in a no disqualification match. Okay. Um, <clears throat> no, because Triple H. 20, 2012, sorry. 2012. Yeah. 2011. But here's what we keep seeing is Brock Lesnar bringing himself back to WWE and being part of the main event from, what was that, almost 2013. So, which, what a lot of people forget, though, too, though, is, is 2011, CM Punk versus Cena was post-Money in the Bank Punk's departure from the company as he took the title where he came back and wrestled Cena with Triple H as a special guest referee and beats Cena, Cena which is essentially establishes him as the, the true champion, right. brings him back into the company. Um, let me see. a lot of Brock Lesnar matches. But uh, you, Brock versus uh, Randy Orton in 2016. But Del Rio cashed in in 2011 uh, on Punk. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big Del Rio guy either. Yeah, I don't. I don't know many people who can still claim to be a big Del Rio guy. Uh, there was a time where I was like, hey, this guy can go. But the more and more he hung around, the more and more I lost um, interest. Um, but, yeah, Brock versus Randy. And that was uh, that was Brock. Uh, 2013 gave you Brock versus um, Punk. Okay. Which I think we had written. Yeah. So the same summer that you get, we get the, the yes movement, you also get really one of Punk's main, last main feuds. And they did a really good job of that story. You had Heyman, because I was at the Money in the Bank that year. Punk's climbing the ladder. Heyman turns on him, hits him with the ladder, and knocks the ladder over. And then eventually that leads to him wrestling Lesnar at, at Mania. Right. And, you know, Punk just shoot, shooting back and forth with Heyman for a couple of months was great. Yeah. Um, they're obviously both great on the mic. Um, obviously Daniel Bryan beats Cena, and then Randy Orton beats um, Punk. Uh, but, like I said, I think, in all honesty, uh, Brian losing that title to Randy, it set up so much more moving forward. Right. I agree with that. Uh, but afterwards, like, I mean, yeah, there's been stuff that's happened at, at, at SummerSlam that... Yeah, I mean, you get Lesnar coming back and beating up Cena, blah. Well, that, that, set, that was the establishment of Suplex City, right? Um, yes. Because he hits like 7,000 suplexes. Page defeats AJ Lee for the, the women's title. Uh, I mean, uh, just further solidifying Paige's place in, in the WWE lore, so to speak. Um, but like Charlie said, the following year you get Undertaker, Lesnar, and Brooklyn, which I actually attended live because that's the same year you got Stephen Amell versus Cody Rhodes. Right. Um, and you got the double match. You got um, – we got to see Reigns and Ambrose first, the Wyatt family. Uh, the winner-take-all match for Seth Rollins defeats John Cena after John Stewart's involvement. Um, and then you get to see Team PCB, Charlotte Page. and I mean, they really that was kind of really the start of the highlight of that women's division, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you get Undertaker versus Lesnar, uh, where Undertaker wins by a technical knockout. That's when he choked Lesnar out with the uh, giant triangle choke. Well, and then and then yeah, the following year you get Lesnar Orton, which ends in a knockout. Also, like yeah, the split the split open elbow. Yeah, he just busts him open. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you get more the Char Charlotte Sasha get a, a fourteen minute match that year. AJ Styles and Cena 
that was beat their John Cena. Yeah. yeah, beat up John Cena, Ron. Um, so yeah, I mean, and obviously, the first ever Universal Champion was crowned that year in Finn Balor. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate he got hurt in the match, but it is. I mean, it was what it was. And like you said, I think the last couple SummerSlams have been a little more forgetful than than, than those. Um, obviously, you know, WWE is hit or miss, man. They 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 kind of don't know what they want until they want it. And then, like I said, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this year's. Um, I think you know I'm excited for Drew versus Randy. Not as excited for Fiend versus Strowman, but I am excited to see them in the ring. I'm tired of the, the cinemagraphic match shit with with Bray. So glad he's getting back into the ring and he's putting the, the Fiend mask back on and he's moving forward with that character. Um, well, so uh, last year would have been last SummerSlam would have been Ember Moon's last SummerSlam, which we haven't seen her in yeah, was she, a while. Would she tear her? Yeah, she got her. Um, but last year was also the end of Kofi Kingston's run, right? Uh, yes. Uh, well, I'm sorry. It ended in a double countout. Uh, Orton versus uh, Kofi. Kofi. Okay. Um, and Rollins defeats Lesnar for the title. Well, yeah. Rollins beats Brock, and then uh, The Fiend beats Finn, which kind of starts to send Finn back. Yeah, it's the it's the decline of Finn Balor, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm interested in the, in, in in what we we've gotten so far. Um, they've done a good job of building up the, the the main event. This is the first time I can say the WWE title has been the is is the most anticipated match of the card. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but I think they need a little bit more work on the the Fiend Strowman feud. Um, there's too much going on. Like. They have too much invested in Becky and Sasha right now. To be honest with you, I would prefer to see Charlotte come back and, and win. The I would like Rhea Ripley to beat to win this Battle Royal coming up next week on SmackDown in order to face Bailey. But then you only have two weeks to build that rivalry. I would like to see Charlotte come back, assert, reassert her dominance. Because this highlighting of Bailey and Sasha has made me miss Becky and Charlotte. Yeah, but we're not going to get Becky back for a while. A while. And that's fine. Um, I think Becky comes back at the Royal Rumble next year. You think that soon? I do. I, I think mean, she, if she, I think she's a Royal Rumble debut. Re-debut, I'm, I should say. I'm trying to do the baby math. So she announced she was she was pregnant at Mania. Okay, so that's April? Yes, first week of April. So within the month she made the announcement. So let's just say at that point, uh, we'll, I'm, I'm guessing let's right April. now. Let's go April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. So she would have a well, month to get back into shape. It, well, depending on how how far along in the pregnancy she, she already was. was. So maybe it's a possibility for her to be ready to go. But if she wants to be a mom, then... I mean, it could be years before we see Becky back in the ring. Yeah. I mean, who if, knows? If, if ever. Yeah. I mean, with infancy the way it is, I mean, obviously, my, my wife being pregnant, I couldn't imagine, like, her jumping right back into the ring after giving birth to right. a child. But uh, maybe, you know what? Maybe she's a post-mania. Maybe she's post-mania. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, well, but like I said, I ho- hopefully Rhea Ripley wins and she fights Bailey. Asuka fights... Um, 
Oscar's going to fight Sasha. Sonya's going to fight Mandy, which is cool. Um, like I said, that's a, that's a women's match I'm invested in. I said that on our Wednesday ep, uh, issue. So, right. I keep well, what we got for right now, at least solidified, right, is we got Street Profits taking on Andrade and Angel Garza. Yes. I think that'll be a great tag team match. Yes. Um, the, Hopefully no gimmicks are involved or anything like that. Right. Bianca more than likely will accompany the Street Profits, which I'm fine with. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Dominic and, and Seth. Dominic and Seth. Which I'm cool with. I, I think that would be a nice culmination to the end of that rivalry. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully Dom, uh, Hopefully Seth goes over. It, just continue to build Seth. Seth's got to be the next guy in line after Randy. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, because Drew, Drew and Randy. Unless, are... unless Brock's coming back and they're going to use an appearance at SummerSlam from his contract and let him attack Drew and start that storyline back up. Um... We I wouldn't mind seeing Randy take the belt, though. Yeah, I mean, Drew. I've told, I've said this yeah. before. Drew chasing the title was more interesting at times than Drew with the title. And the last time you said that, I disagreed. And after thinking about it more, I agree with you now because it's similar to Becky. I want. Well, what I want to see is I want Drew to chase until he can win it in front of people. Yes. So that we can give him the appreciation yep. that he deserves. Somebody said, "Let Randy take the belt." run with it to like survivor series ish allow lesnar to take it from randy and then run through and let let drew win the royal rumble again and get his title shot at mania or just have or he doesn't even need to win it he could say i can beat you once i can beat you again i'll beat you again yeah and i don't mind that it, is it would it be really shitty to get basically the same wrestlemania <laughs> card two years in a row sure but at the same time to get drew's pop in front of that massive crowd would be nice yeah um and then you get um i'm assuming Big E's going to get some sort of i you know what i could see end up happening Big E versus aj yeah that'd be good um and then obviously apollo cruz will hopefully get to get to defend his title once again versus mvp and um, keep it. And keep it, yeah, and, and, and further establish himself apart from that. Um, past that, there's not really much else on the card that I can, at least I can see. Retribution is going to play some part in it. Um, yeah. We don't know who it's going to be. Hopefully some guys move up, move down. Obviously Adam Cole and them are all scheduled to have some sort of involvement with NXT 30 the night before, but nothing saying that they can't be involved in SummerSlam the previous, the next night. Yeah. Um, like I said, SummerSlam is, is one of the marquee shows. It's definitely something I, li I look forward to. We're actually going to be recording the day of SummerSlam for the next shows or the next set of, um, the next set of issues. Um, so, you know, obviously we'll, we'll be watching it that night. Um, so the following, you know, re recording session will dive deeper into to the SummerSlam results. We might, maybe we'll do, maybe we'll, that, that will be a part of our, our DJI TV content. We'll, we'll, we'll dive in and see if we can't get you know, a live reaction going for as far as the 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 pay per view goes. But like I said, man, I, I'm I'm excited for I'm actually I'm actually generally excited for a weekend of WWE wrestling. Right. And 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 it hasn't been that way in a long time. I wasn't like that for WrestleMania. I'm fully bought in on the fanless wrestling now. Like it's not that I I don't want the fans there. I just I've over I'm past it. They're putting people in the crowds. They're doing the things they're doing. The companies are doing the best that they can do. I can only appreciate the product in the ring, not the people outside of it. Right. I agree. So, so um, I mean, that's that's a lot of SummerSlam talk. Yeah. Um, and 
Like I said, we just want, you know, with these spotlight issues, we're going to go back and we're going to talk about some of the matches that we, you know, or the things that we enjoy. Oh, sorry. I do have one follow-up question for you. If you have to pick a superstar that you would call, because everybody knows Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania. Who is me? <laughs> There's the mom that's got issues. Yeah. Uh, who is your Mr. SummerSlam? Ooh. If you, I know I just put you on the spot, but um, uh, for me. So I'm looking up overall SummerSlam record. Okay. But I'm gonna say John Cena. Really. He, I feel like he, and you know I say that, he's had 14 SummerSlam matches. It's, he's 5-9, and nine, so it's not like he's over a lot, but he puts on good matches. So my thing is, is when you go back and look at John Cena's body of work, a lot of his marquee rivalries end up at SummerSlam. However, when you look at the people that are right below him, you have Randy Orton and you have Edge. Edge has 13 matches. He's 11 and 2. So for me, per, like blind result, put me on the spot. I say John Cena because he's the guy that I remember the most being with SummerSlam because he was also, I think, Nexus. Was Nexus involved with SummerSlam? They were. You know, he's been involved in so much. But when you talk about guys, like, if you, I mean, just looking at overall record, Edge is 11 and 2. That's pretty, pretty damn good. I mean, if he wins 10 more matches, 12 more matches, he's the undertaker of, of SummerSlam. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen, but I mean, that's just my, my my point of it all. I see. I'm I'm between uh, Hunter and Brock. Yeah, Brock, Brock's definitely marqueed it up last. Yeah, I mean, between his last chunk and his start. That his his start. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is tough. That is tough. Not, to but he it. loses. <laughs> Yes. Well, no, he, he beat, he beat Rock. Lot, he beat Rock. He beat Randy. He beat Cena. He, he beat, actually beat Hunter. He beat Hunter. He beat um, – he only really lost to Undertaker, and that was a rubber match from yeah. his loss at Mania, and he lost in very unconvincing fashion. Yeah. So, if I guess, yeah, if I have to pick my Mr. SummerSlam, I'm going to say it's Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And like I said, you know, we, I highlighted one of, one of the more memorable moments for me from SummerSlam from my childhood is the Steve Blackman – Kendo stick shot to Shane's back, Shane falling off the thing, into the thing. You know, but obviously, you know, I remember, like, just certain matches, certain people, things like that, they stick to me. I'm a big punk guy, so I, I love the summer of punk, especially because I was built, I was, I was invested in that, that match because I went to that summer, I went to that Money in the Bank that year. So, like I said, I, SummerSlam is definitely a marquee show. Royal Rumble is still the number two, sometimes number one show. But obviously, Mania is the big dog. Yep. Um, but as we get closer to these shows, we'll probably do highlight shows like this for yep. our spotlight shows on these uh, spotlight issues on these shows as they 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 come they come up on the calendar. Um, AEW All Out is um, September fifth, so don't be surprised if we don't dive into the All In phenomenon um, at some point on a spotlight issue. But we'll. We'll keep diving into different topics on these to keep them, you know, keep them spicy and keep them new for you guys. There you go. Uh, so um, I guess let's wrap this one up, right? All right. Uh, if you guys uh, want, you please uh, keep following us. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on uh, D, uh, on Twitter at DGI Podcast, on Instagram at Dad's Got Issues Podcast, or hit us up on Facebook, uh, either our group or our fan page. Um, 
If you have any questions or comments or topics you want us to talk about, the best place to do it is to shoot us a message through one of those those platforms. Um, like we, you know, we highlighted on our, our issue number three this past week, you know, we want people to reach out to us. Jason Douglas did from Parallel Comic, um, and we, we reviewed his stuff. If you want us to cover a specific spotlighted, if you want our opinion, undivided attention on a specific item, let us know. If you want us to talk all Funko, we'll talk all Funko. We have plenty of opinion. Yep. If you want us to talk Hasbro, Star Wars, whatever, let us know and we'll, we'll cover it for you guys. If you want to know how we feel about things, awesome. If you want us to get in some dad level issues, things that, you know, we, we think that are relatable to some of these pop culture topics, we will. All right. Uh, no, no political requests because we're never going to do yeah, that yeah. stuff here. But like I said, we're all for everything as far as, as suggestions and feedback goes. Yeah. So uh, you got nothing else? Nope. Nothing? All right. Then uh, hit our music. <laughs>